0: Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different styles, the different grape varieties, and the history and culture associated with wine. This episode focuses on the Northern Rhône, one of the great wine regions of France, known for its fine red wines made from the Syrah grape variety, as well as a small amount of white wine, and even a tiny amount of sparkling wine. The Northern Rhône is found south of Lyon. The climate here is moderate continental and this for the Syrah grape is quite an extreme climate and this is as far north in France as the Syrah grape will reliably ripen. And so the location and the geography of the Northern Rhône is vital to getting Syrah fully ripe and producing the quality and character of the wine made there. The Rhône River flows southwest from the city of Geneva in Switzerland into the city of Lyon where it meets the Soane River, the river which flows southwards from um, Beaujolais and Burgundy to the north of there. And the Rhône and the Sone meet in the centre of Lyon to create this great river which flows all the way south to the Mediterranean Sea. South of Lyon, the river flows back and forth upon itself, almost like a snake. And this is what creates the environment ideal for getting Syrah fully ripe, because from, from these winding river banks, steep slopes rise up, and these steep slopes which are south-facing just um, attract the sun throughout the day the sun gradually just moving over these slopes helping to get the syrah grape fully ripe. On the flatter vineyards syrah struggles and the, and the wines don't have the same intensity the same concentration or the same quality. Um, the days therefore are warm and sunny but the nights are cool and these cool nights help preserve the acidity and ensure that the ripening isn't too fast And so this is this balance between those cool nights and the warm days in this extreme climate for the Syrah grape variety, which um, produces this style and quality of wine, which we're going to focus on in this episode. So let's look at the uh, Syrah grape in a little more detail, because in the northern Rhone, all the red wines are Syrah. There's no other black grape allowed in the northern Rome. So, the legend of the grape variety has it that um, it comes from Persia, from the city of Shiraz. Because, of course, in Australia, Syrah is known as Shiraz. So, where does this name come from, and is there any truth to it? Well, the legend comes because in the 11th century, or the 12th century, a, a soldier returned from the Crusades, and he built a chapel on top of the Hermitage Hill, and that chapel still exists there today and he became a hermit, lived there for the rest of his life in isolation, hence the name hermitage And so the legend arose that he brought cuttings back from Persia, and even today Iran is one of the most planted uh, countries in the world for grapes, although they are table grapes, not wine grapes. And that's why the grape is called Shiraz, because that's where he took the cuttings from. And this legend was believed up until at least the 1980s. But DNA research in the 1990s disproved this legend, and in fact, the grape is a natural crossing between Dereza, which originates from Ardèche to the west of um, the northern Rome, and Mondeuse Noir, which originates from Savoie to the east of the Rome. And at some point in history, the seeds of these two grapes got together to create what we now know as Syrah. So it is indigenous to um, the northern Rome, but it certainly um, does not have any connection with Shiraz, the city in Persia. However, the name Shiraz lives on, and the name Syrah does derive from Shiraz. Back in the eighteen thirties, when James Busby, a Scotsman, took cuttings from the Hermitage Hill and brought them to Australia, the name was Shiraz or other variants of Shiraz, such as Syrah or Skiraz or Skiraz and so all derived from Shiraz, and that's why the Australians call it Shiraz. In fact, their name is probably more historic and um, accurate than the name Syrah, which came to be used in the late 19th century in the Northern Rhone region. But it's now called Syrah, exactly the same as Shiraz. Um, And in fact, the very highest quality Shiraz wines in Australia can be quite hard to differentiate from the highest quality wines in the Northern Rhone. They have that same earth and game and leathery tannin aromas, as well as blackberry fruit aromas. One significant difference, however, is that in the Northern Rhone, which is generally cooler than Australia, there is a peppery quality to the wine, which is always associated with cooler climate Syrah. There are also white grapes grown in the Northern Rhone. Viognier is perhaps the most famous. This is a difficult white grape. It needs a warm climate in order to get fully ripe, so this is where the slopes again come into play to get the Viognier as ripe as you possibly want it, but it has two difficulties. One is that it's naturally low low in acidity, and if the climate is too warm it loses that acidity and can feel quite fat. It can also get very high alcohol again coming from the warm sunshine. And it's certainly not unusual to see 14, 14 14.5% alcohol uh, Viognier wines in the Northern Rhone, as well as elsewhere in the world. And so it's about getting that perfect environment, where you have the warm days to get the grape fully ripe, but you have the cool nights to keep the acidity fresh. And the Northern Rhone has that perfect environment for Viognier. Nevertheless, the wines don't necessarily age that well, because the acidity is never high. Uh, the wines are always going to be aromatic very floral and very pretty with uh, stone fruit aromas a couple of other white grapes grown in the northern rhone are marsan and Roussan. marsan is quite oily quite rich texture Roussan is more aromatic with higher acidity uh, those wines are generally blends but they are dominated by marsan and these wines can be quite rich and full-bodied maybe with some new oak certainly with malolactic fermentation giving that giving the wines a nice creamy richness so let's look at the different appellations of the Northern Rhone. And let's start with the northernmost going southwards as we progress. So the most northerly appellation in the Northern Rhone is Cote Rotie, And Cote Rotie gives a clue in its name to the environment that I've been talking about because Cote Rotie means roasted slope. So this is a steep south-facing slope which just attracts the sunshine. And that's what gets the Syrah fully ripe because this is f- f- far north. Getting that Syrah fully ripe would otherwise be very difficult, if not impossible, without that roasted slope, without the sunshine beating down on the slopes. Viognier is also allowed in the Cote Routie Appellation. In fact, it can be up to 20 percent, so quite unusual for a white grape to be allowed to be blended with a black grape in France. But Viognier performs several functions. Because this is a cooler climate for Syrah, the tannins in Cote Rôtie traditionally could be quite astringent and quite bitter, so Viognier would be used to soften those tannins and make the wine more approachable. The Viognier would also stabilize the color of the wine, as well as adding some aromatics, some pretty floral aromatics to the red wine. So Viognier historically quite important be very rare to see a wine which actually has 20% Viognier however it's quite common to see wines which have around about 5% Viognier so just using a small amount of the white grape to um, affect and improve the red wine and this is a blend which has become quite fashionable elsewhere in the world particularly in Australia whether Viognier is needed in Australia to stabilize the wine or to soften the talons is a moot point but it certainly adds pretty aromas and maybe just detracts a little bit from the overt fruitiness of uh, Shiraz in Australia. Um, there are two particular vineyards on the Côte Routie slope which are important, or Climat as they call them in France, uh, Côte Blonde and Côte Brune. And again, the names of those vineyards give a clue as to the nature of their um, character. Côte Blonde is a little uh, more light-bodied, less full, whereas Côte Brune is fuller-bodied, richer, more powerful. Traditionally, the practice would be to blend these two vineyards together to create a balance between the two different characters and styles of the two vineyards. But more modern uh, international producers such as Gigal, do make single vineyard wines, Cote Blonde on its own or Cote Brune on its own, to um, emphasise the different characters of the vineyards. Gigal is an interesting producer because um, very modern, very international, they use a lot of new oak, which is something that would never have been done historically in the northern Rome. And um, Gigal has really changed the nature of, of the practices in Northern Rhone with the, those single vineyard wines and the use of new oak. Personally, I find the use of new oak in Gigal, Gigal wines too much, uh, but it's all about your style and about your taste. The wines are very popular in the, in the United States, where fuller-bodied, higher-alcohol wines are very, very fashionable. And what's happened elsewhere in the Northern Rhone is that generally those traditional practices of just using large oak old oak barrels have faded away to be replaced by a mixture of old oak and new oak and that new oak can just soften the tannins a little bit and make the wines easier to drink when they're young because the traditional wines of, of the Northern Rhone can be very um, closed when they were young because of that use of old oak whereas new oak just allows them to be more approachable so that's Cote tea. if you go slightly further south you have Chondria and Chondria and Cote um overlap Chondria is 100% Viognier and a lot of Cote roti producers make Chondria as well. And so it's 100% Viognier, so these wines are aromatic, very pretty, very floral, but full-bodied with high alcohol also. Again the use of oak is up to the producer. Some producers will use um, new oak to give the wine almost a tannic structure, more spice. Others will use old oak to make the wine just a little more about the grape variety rather than the, the way the wine has been made. Um, as I mentioned, these wines, although expensive, they won't It's hard to find a wine below fifty dollars for Chondria, don't necessarily age particularly well. Three to five years is probably the maximum aging, and that's because of the acidity. Right next to Chondria is Chateau Grier. And Chateau Grier is a one producer only appellation, and the appellation and the producer have the same name, Chateau Grier. And this is a producer which has been going a couple of hundred years, and the reason it has its own appellation is because the appellation is made up of an amphitheatre on the slope, which really soaks up the sunshine and produces rich, full-bodied wines from the Viognier. So whereas Condria is on that steep slope, Chateau-Griot has has its own amphitheatre. If we go further south, as the, as the river bends around, we come to Hermitage, that famous hill that I was talking about. Steep slope rising up to around 300 metres high. And this has many, many different climat or single vineyards, on the hill. The best ones are on the west, where the temperatures are higher, and also the soils are granite. And, again, at the summit, the wines are bold and tannic. Generally, Hermitage is best for the blends of these different climates. On the east, they don't get quite the same sunshine and same higher temperatures, so the wines won't be quite as ripe and full. And that's why blending all these different vineyards together just becomes a, an expression of the whole hill of Hermitage rather than these single vineyard destinates. But again, some producers will, will certainly um, make wines from a climat on its own to really emphasize the individual character of each climat. Uh, the white wines here are a blend of Marsan, and Rusan but generally Marsan is the dominant grape variety the best whites will come from higher up slopes and from clay and limestone soils and these wines may be aged in new oak maybe old oak again depends on the producer but they've probably gone through malolactic fermentation so what we're seeing in the Northern Rhone is this um, balance between tradition and modern winemaking practices and how the producer interprets um, whether to use traditional or modern practices or to use a blend of both so producer um, character is um, very important to the style of the wine. We go to the southernmost appellation, we have Cornas, and this is um, the warmest part of the uh, Northern Rhone. So no white grape varieties are allowed in Cornas, it's a 100% Syrah and these wines will be richer and riper and fuller-bodied. Again it's a very steep slope. Cornas, like Cote Routy, was pretty much given up on until the 1980s because it's so difficult to farm. But dedicated producers uh, work with the steep slope determined to make very high quality wine. There are two other appellations in the Northern Rhone which I haven't mentioned the san joseph which is a narrow long appellation kind of takes up most of the northern rome and this can have variable quality depending on where the grape varieties are planted on the slopes the the wines are going to be quite similar to hermitage and coke grouty because the grapes are getting fully ripe from that exposure But there's also lots of san joseph which is planted on flat vineyards on flat land and these wines are not as rich and not as concentrated because the grapes don't get as fully ripe so San Josef can be quite unreliable prices are generally high at least $30 and going up and I find San Josef can be a bit of a a tricky gamble when buying the wine what kind of quality and style you're going to get from San Josef on the other side of the river uh, below the Hermitage hill is Crow's Hermitage and this is the largest appellation in the northern Rome and again quality and style can vary on the slopes coming down from Hermitage, the wines will have that concentration and structure coming from the, the ripeness that comes from the exposure. But on the flat vineyards, they will lack that concentration and ripeness and won't be as high quality. Nevertheless, Croce Hermitage, can, these wines can be a very good value around that $20 to $25 range. Uh, the wines generally don't fetch the same high prices as the great wines of Hermitage. And then there is one final appellation to mention, quite unusual, south of Cornas, and this is saint Pere. Here, white wine is produced from Marsan and Roussan, quite rich, creamy wines, but also sparkling wine uh, from Marsan and Roussan. And these wines are quite unusual, very different from Champagne because the climate is warmer, the grapes are more aromatic. And these um, sparkling wines, if you can find them, because they are difficult to find, have a nice, rich, creamy texture, which really distinguished them from uh, sparkling wines made elsewhere in France. So that's the northern Rhône. Some of the finest red wine and some exceptional white wine is made here. Wines which can be expensive, but well worth uh, paying the money for, and certainly aging. In the next uh, podcast, we'll look at the southern Rhône, very different styles of wine, although the river Rhône is still the defining feature of that region. So thank you for listening. I'm Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.